إِنَّ رَبَّكَ Then indeed your Lord لِلَّذِينَ هَاجَرُوا For those people who do hijrah مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا فُتِنُوا After they were persecuted ثُمَّ جَاهَدُوا Then they did jihad وَالصَّبَرُوا And they did sabr They were patient إِنَّ رَبَّكَ مِنْ بَعْدِهَا لَغَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Indeed your Lord after that surely is forgiving and merciful What is this ayah talking about? You see there were many companions who were persecuted And in whatever situation they were in There were moments when they ended up compromising their faith Either by saying words of kufr Or staying away from you know, doing good Like for example living in this day and age There are certain situations in which you feel free to observe your religion. There are no restrictions. Nobody is going to you know, force you to do anything. But at the same time, sometimes you find yourself in a position where you don't really have a choice. You don't really have a choice. Like for example, let's say you are crossing the border somewhere. And they ask you to show your face for example a woman she generally covers her face and they ask you show your face we want to check your identity you're like but I cover my face I'm not supposed to show it to men but they're like sorry you can't go through until we actually check your identity and there is no woman officer you understand so in that situation you end up taking your naqab off and the officer is looking and everybody else is looking for example you compromised on your faith right? I'm not saying that a sin was committed and something haram was done, but there was compromise. Likewise, you generally wear proper clothing, I mean in the sense that the way hijab demands from you, but let's say at your workplace, or as a student, or as someone who is you know, learning, who's studying nursing for example, and you go to the hospital, you have to wear your scrubs and it has short sleeves and short shirt, And you're like, what am I doing? I wore my abaya over here and here, I'm taking it off. And my, You're in an awkward situation. And then you remember that, okay, this is only for a few months now. Okay, only for a few months. I'm going to have my degree and then I'm going to practice however I want. But for the training, you end up making a compromise. And does this not happen? It happens all the time. You go to take some test and the examiner is a man. You go to, let's say, get your fingerprints done and the person who's supposed to take your fingerprints is a guy. And only he is licensed to do that. You are in, a, in an emergency situation and you need to be examined by a doctor. You're taken into the emergency room and there's no woman doctor there. It's only a man. Either he checks you and he treats you or you die. You bleed to death. So, I mean, compromise was done, right? And it happens all the time. Sometimes we have the option, you know, get a female doctor for example. And other times you don't have the option. You don't have it. You didn't know. You chose a career that was not really appropriate for your Islam. And later on you realize that this is not allowed, or this is something that I should not be doing. But it's too late to change your career. You've been studying something for three and a half years, you just have one semester left. Okay, so you end up compromising. Now there are people... There are people who will never compromise. Who will never compromise. If they find out that their job is bringing them haram money, they will quit the same day. But there are others who will say, I'm in a situation where I cannot. So there are situations in which you can find a way. Either you can leave it completely what you're doing. Let's say a person, they take a haram loan. 
and now they are paying off their loan every month, every month. And they find out that this kind of loan is not lawful. And now there's a fatwa also out there, you know, by Amja that says, you know, generally these loans are not uh, okay. And these systems that have, have come up, they're not halal. Even if they're advertised as halal, they're not actually halal. So now you're stuck in the middle. What do you do? What do you do? Some will say, you know what, my Islam comes first. If it's not halal, I cannot have it even for one more day. Put the house on sale. Stop this right away. But there are some other people who cannot make that decision themselves. They would like to put their house on sale, but the husband says, "Uh uh-uh, not happening. You understand? Sometimes children are forced by their parents to take a loan in which they have to pay off interest later. Now, if something like this has happened in the past, or a person is in the situation currently, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Because there were sahaba who were living in Makkah, they could not really observe the deen, as they should have been observing. They were still doing wrong things, they were trying to move away, but it was taking them longer. Some people, they can bring about a change like this, instantly. You're supposed to wear hijab? Okay, I'll wear hijab. And another person, yeah, I know I'm supposed to wear hijab, but um, I'm trying. Every day is a struggle. I'm going to start wearing hijab more, you know, when I go to this place. And eventually I'm going to increase until I actually wear it 24 hours, you know, wherever I go. Giving up what is haram immediately, definitely it's more preferred. Definitely. And you know, sometimes there are these situations in which we have to prove with our actions that Allah is more important to me. My religion is more important to me than this house. It is more important to me. So when a person will drop everything and prefer their religion, of course, Allah will give him what is much better. Reward is you know, immeasurable. But if a person is weak in his faith at that time, he doesn't take that matter seriously, or he doesn't have much control over his situation, then... Is there doom for them? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ثُمَّ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ لِلَّذِينَ هَاجَرُوا مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا فُتِنُوا They were forced in a situation to do something wrong, to compromise on their religion. They were compelled. But then eventually, هَاجَرُوا They did hijrah. And remember what hijrah is. From hadith, what do we learn? الْمُهَاجِرُ مَنْ هَاجَرَ عَمَّا نَهَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ The muhajir is the one who immigrates from that which Allah has forbidden him from. Sometimes you can do this hijrah in one day. And sometimes this hijrah means a couple of years. We're moving in that direction. We're trying to get out of this haram business. We are moving away, but it's taking time. So those who do eventually leave it, هَاجَرُوا مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا فُتِنُوا ثُمَّ جَاهَدُوا Then they strive more. Meaning they do something extra now to make up for the wrong that was done previously. You understand? The majahad, then they strive. They do something extra now to make up for the wrong that was done previously. sabaru and their patient. Meaning then in the future, they don't make the same mistake again. You see, sometimes people say, yeah, yeah, we took a mortgage, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, we didn't know. And yeah, we want to get over it. But you know, there's only a few years left and once we pay it off, then the house is ours. And in the meantime, they go and buy an apartment mortgage. They go and get a car on a haram loan. They go and get another house on a haram loan. What is this? Are you playing with your Lord? 
If you made a mistake before, why are you making the same mistake again and again and again? ثُمَّ صَبَرُوا Then in the future you have to do sabr. You have to hold yourself back. And really, when you leave what is forbidden, it requires a lot of sabr from you. A lot of sabr from you. Because it's not easy to step down a level. You know, you're living in a big house. And then you have to sell that house for the sake of your deen. And then you move into a basement. More than half of your income goes into rent. That means you cannot save enough money to travel. You cannot save enough money to even buy a house anywhere in the future. Sabr, right? It requires sabr. Stepping down is never easy. It is difficult. So such people who show with their actions that yes, they will not go back to a life of sin. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ مِنْ بَعْدِهَا لَغَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Then indeed your Lord after that is forgiving and merciful. So forgiveness and mercy is for who? Those who keep doing haram and say, yeah, yeah, Allah is forgiving and merciful. This is what we think, right? And this is why we take one haram law and another one and another one and another one. And we think Allah is forgiving and merciful. What does this ayah show to us? The one who does hijrah, the one who changes his way, who does sabr, for him is forgiveness. Because that is tawbah. What is tawbah? You turn back. You were doing something wrong, you go back to Allah. You were feeling regret over the decision that you made, and you promise you're never going to do it again. It is not tawbah that you leave one house and mortgage and you get another one. Everyone is different in their level of iman. As long as you realize in your heart that what I'm doing is wrong. You have to accept wrong as wrong. You accept it as wrong and you say, yes, I know this is wrong. I should not be doing it. However, I hope that Allah will forgive me because I don't have any other option or because I'm still struggling to become better. And in the future, I hope I will leave this completely. And I'm going towards that direction. I'm moving in that direction. You know, like this one person I know, they had no idea about mortgage being even a problem. Majority of the people at least, they know that it's gray area at least. But this person didn't have any clue. Really, they didn't know that there was even a problem with it. So they got a house and they were paying interest. Okay, or they had agreed to pay interest over it after a couple of years. And they found out that, okay, this is not right. You know, some people they say it's not okay. This is also interest. And they worked double jobs. Morning and evening. Weekdays and weekends. To the point that they would not even have a few minutes to sit with their family. But it was amazing how within a couple of years, this man alone, he paid off his house. He paid it off. Because where there is a will, there is a way. And Allah guides such people. He will take them out of zulumat into nur. يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنَ الظُلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُور And those who don't even acknowledge that I am in darkness, will they be taken out of darkness? No. يَوْمَ تَأْتِي كُلُّ نَفْسٍ On the day when each soul will come, meaning on the day of judgment, تُجَادِلُ عَن نَفْسِهَا It will argue for itself. It will defend itself. Meaning no one is going to defend another. You cannot get a lawyer to speak on your behalf because you're not convincing an argument. No. Each person will come defending itself. In this world what happens? A person can commit the worst crime 
But then he can get the best lawyer. Give him all the money and the lawyer will defend you in court. Or at least he will find some loophole because of which your term may be reduced or your punishment may be reduced. You can do that. But on the day of judgment, no one is going to come to defend you. Each person is going to be alone. Facing their Lord. In a hadith we learn that there is none amongst you except that your Lord will speak to him. A person will look to his right. He will look to his left. He will find his good deeds. He will find his sins. And before him he will find the fire of hell. Imagine in this situation. And he is speaking to his Lord. Allah will speak to him, question him. So these are your deeds and these are your deeds. What is the right thing that you did and what is it that you did wrong? And in front of him will be the fire. So the Prophet ﷺ said, save yourself from the fire even if it is through half a date. Meaning do something good, anything good to save yourself from the fire. Fail your record of good deeds. And minimize your record of sins. Minimize it to the best of your ability. Because one day you have to face your Lord. He knows what you did. And He put you in those situations to test you in the first place. You know like sometimes we wonder, well my situation is very different, you know. Because my family is kind of forcing me and the society, you know, it demands this for me and my job requires this for me, my training requires this for me. We have an excuse because we say it's kind of given in the situation that I'm in because my situation is different. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put you in that situation. He put you in that situation. Why? To test you. What do you do? What do you do? This doesn't mean that we become perfect. Mistakes happen. But at least acknowledge the fact that wrong is being done. Acknowledge it at least. Because on the Day of Judgment, Allah will ask you, يَوْمَ تَأْتِي كُلُّ نَفْسٍ تُجَادِلُ عَنْ نَفْسِهَا وَتُوَفَّى كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَا عَمِلَتْ And each person will be given in full what? The recompense for what they have done. مَا عَمِلَتْ وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ And they will not be wronged. They will not be wronged. They will not be dealt with injustice in any way. Before we continue, just this one ayah, if we remember it, that on the Day of Judgment, I have to defend myself. So if my friends are telling me to dress a particular way, they're not going to show up to defend me. If my parents are telling me to do this, which is wrong, they're not going to come to defend me. If my husband is telling me to do this wrong thing, he's not going to come to defend me. I will be alone. I will be alone. And if a person remembers this, then it's easier to leave what is wrong. And it becomes easier to deal with the opposition of people. And stay firm on the truth. وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا Allah gives an example of a qaryatan, of a town, of a people, of a city. كَانَتْ amina. That was amina. Amina meaning with aman, with peace, secure, meaning free of any danger. Mutma'inna. Mutma'inna meaning again from Tuma'nina, which means to be still, to be calm, to be secure. Meaning it was safe and secure from any enemy, from any external threat. Ya'tiha rizquha. Its provision would come to it. Ragadan in abundance. Remember the word ragadan from the story of Adam alayhi salam? So its risk would come how? In abundance. Min kulli makan. From every place. Meaning from places far and wide, from every corner of the world, its provision would come. 
meaning they had everything they wanted. But these people, فَكَفَرَتْ بِأَنْعُمِ They were ungrateful for the blessings of Allah. An'um is a plural of ni'mah. فَأَذَاقَهَ اللَّهُ So when they were ungrateful, Allah made them taste. لِبَاسَ الجور. The clothing of hunger. وَالْخَوْفْ and fear. بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ Because of what they used to do. Notice, لِبَاسَ الْجُورِ وَالْخَوْفْ لِبَاسَ clothing. Your clothes, they cover you, right? They're the closest thing to you. The closest object to you. And clothes are meant to cover you from top to bottom. Meaning whatever part of your body you wish to cover, your clothes are meant to cover that. They're with you. لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ What does it mean? Clothing of hunger and fear. Meaning hunger and fear was clung to them. They couldn't get away with it. They experienced hunger and fear wherever they were. In the day and in the night. When alone and when in public. Just like clothes are with you, right? Wherever you go. So just like that, hunger and fear accompanied them. Why? Because of what they used to do. Whose example is this? The people of Mecca. The people of Mecca were very different from the rest of the people of Arabia. They enjoyed safety and security like no one else did. Why? Because of the Kaaba. Because of the fact that they were the caretakers of the Kaaba. Because of the fact that Mecca was haram. Was a place of sanctity where no battle was to take place. No murder was to take place. No one's security was to be violated. Everyone was safe and secure in Mecca. And on top of that, food would come to them. Because you know people would come to Mecca for worship. And when they would come, they would bring in a lot of gifts and food and so much to Mecca. So their risk came to them. They had everything they wanted. They had all the privileges. And they thought nothing would change. Nothing would change. This is how we're going to be. They took their blessings for granted. Does it happen with us? happens with us, right? We take electricity for granted, we take good weather for granted, we take money for granted, we take food for granted, which is why we eat half and we throw half. We take some and we waste some. This is what we do with the blessings that Allah has given us. So these people, the people of Makkah, they were ungrateful for the blessings of Allah. How were they ungrateful? That they thought, you know, we are the people of Makkah, we deserve this. So yeah, we see the truthfulness of Muhammad wasallam. He cannot be a liar. We know deep down he is true. But we can't believe in him. Because if we believe in him, that means we have to accept him as our leader. And there's no way we can accept that. And if we believe in him, he says that everybody is equal. And how is it that my slave can stand next to me in prayer? And how is it that he can sit with me in the same gathering? No way. They didn't like the message of Islam. And we'll have to leave all of these gods and all of these idols? No way. You see, when someone has done favor to you, then what should you do? Listen to them, right? You should obey them. Like for example, what is ihsan towards parents? Acknowledge the fact that they have been good to you. And because they have been good to you, obey them. Listen to them. This is why we have been told to not even say, Oof to our mothers. Oof to our fathers. Obey them. Without any whining and complaining and fussing. 
So likewise, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us so much, with so many blessings, and the surah is surah al-ni'am, blessings are mentioned, when that is the case, how can you deny His Messenger? If you're denying His Messenger, this is the height of ingratitude. This is the height of ingratitude. Don't you acknowledge His favors on you? If you acknowledge them, then at least believe in the Messenger whom He has sent. But if a person, he turns away and he says, No, I don't want to obey. This is too difficult. I don't want to pray. I don't want to give in charity. I don't want to wear this hijab. And I don't want to change my lifestyle. I'm okay the way I am. And yes, I have all the money that I need and it's okay. You know, yes, I like Islam, but my life has to be compartmentalized. I cannot enter into Islam fully. So that my clothing and my money and my education and my work, everything complies with Islam. No. I can't do that. This is ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who gave you that money? Who's giving you that education? Who's blessing you with all of these opportunities? Remember, the blessings we have, we don't deserve them. They're Allah's gifts to us. And we better not forget Allah because of the money that we're enjoying. Because of the houses that we're living in. Because of the careers that we have, let's not forget the one who gave these things to us in the first place. Because if we do so, the one who gave these things to us has full power to take them away also. Or does he not? He does, right? Fir'aun, look at the height of power, the height of money that he reached. And what happened? Ingratitude, disbelief, and everything was taken away. There he was sitting on his throne saying so arrogantly, أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى And what happened to the same guy standing in the middle of the sea? Drowned by the waves. Finished. What happened to Abu Jahl? So arrogantly he opposed the Prophet ﷺ and in the battle of Badr, what happened? His head was cut off. He was killed. What happened to Abu Lahab? So arrogant he was, so wealthy he was, But when he died, he died such a miserable death. He was basically sick for so many days. He died and his body would stink. It was horrible to even look at. So his own children would not go near the dead body. So his body actually lay for several days. And when the smell and everything had just spread and people could not tolerate anymore, they embarrassed his children that he was your father. Do something about his dead body. So then they hired some slaves. Imagine that to hire them. Because they couldn't even make their slaves do. They hired some people. And with some sticks and, you know, they had to throw his body into a ditch and cover it up as fast as they could. Look at the humiliation and disgrace. فَأَذَاقَهَ اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ And you know Makkah, imagine, they had everything. But there were years of famine that they had to experience when they disbelieved in the Prophet ﷺ. So much so that in Makkah, they had no food, nothing, no trade, no food was coming in. To the point that people were eating leaves and they were eating dead animals. Khawf and jur overtook them. Fear and hunger overtook them. Why? Because of what they used to do. وَلَقَدْ جَاءَهُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْهُمْ And certainly a messenger has come to them from themselves. Meaning they recognize him. Of course they know him. فَكَذَّبُوهُ But they have rejected him. فَأَخَذَهُمُ الْعَذَابُ وَهُمْ ظَالِمُونَ So the punishment has seized them. And they are wrongdoers. Meaning they brought this upon themselves. This famine 
they brought it upon themselves. These difficulties and trials, they brought them upon themselves. So remember, whenever our blessings are taken away, whether it is the blessing of freedom, or it's the blessing of health, or it's the blessing of family, whatever, it is because we ourselves have brought that upon ourselves. We are to blame because we were ungrateful. We were ungrateful because it is Allah's promise. La in shakartum, la zidanakum. If you're grateful, I will give you more. I will give you more. But if you're ungrateful, then Allah's punishment is severe. So when we're enjoying our blessings, let's not forget Him, and let's not keep compromising on our religion. And keep throwing religion behind our backs and giving it second or third or fourth or fifth priority in our lives. Everything else becomes important and religion becomes secondary. Family becomes important and Allah does not become important anymore to us. There is a big problem. Then difficulties and trials are not far. Because the Lord who gave these can also take them away. So never forget Allah because of what you have. Because of what is in your control. Sometimes it happens. person gets married, they're in love with their husband and they don't want to even spend five minutes away praying. It's too difficult. They love their children and it's just too difficult to even take time out to read the Qur'an. We can read book after book after book to our children, but reading Qur'an, oh man, it's like climbing a mountain. It becomes too difficult. We eat every day, but fasting sometimes, I can't do that. No way. This is ingratitude. The Lord who gave you those blessings, don't forget Him. Because there is a warning over here. If you forget Him, then be prepared. These blessings can be taken away anytime. Anytime. And we know how just catching one virus can cripple a person and can destroy him within days. You know about the Ebola virus, right? What happens? One contact... We don't even have a cure for it. And no matter how much we think we are equipped to deal with it, it's scary when you find out that it's made its way into the States. And not one person, but multiple people have been found with it now. Right? It's scary. It might reach here. It might get here. It's just one contact away. And that's it. Life is finished within moments. Haven't you seen pictures of people in pools of blood, all alone laying dead? Life is taken away. Freedom is taken away. And how certain places, you know, they're quarantined literally. So people are not allowed to go in or go out. And they're guards. Guards with arms. Not letting you go in or out of there. And if you do, you're in trouble. So just imagine, their freedom is gone. The life they enjoyed is gone. The happy faces that they had, now gone. And we think it's others. We could also be in their position. We could also be in those shoes. A disaster can come in our very homes. So seek protection with Allah. And don't get out of His protection by sinning and by disobeying Him and turning away from Him. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.